This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. The last time I saw this wonderful woman, she had recently become engaged while we were sitting there chatting about the Scorpion King 4. Now in her new movie, Army of One, she's avenging her husband's death in the film, so we really know how that marriage is going. She'll soon be starring in Matrix 4. I'm not done with the intro yet. She'll soon be starring in Matrix 4. Ellen Holman, how are you today? Oh, my God. Apparently, I need marriage counseling because I keep throwing off my husband. That's what it seems like. Poor Steven, nice guy, sitting there. You guys were engaged. It was all this lovey-dovey romance stuff. Fast forward five years. Boom, he's dead in the movie. And all of a sudden, you got to avenge him. All, all of the husbands are dead in the movie. You know, I, I just like, I at least I didn't discriminate, okay? It, it, it was a... Blanketed murderous scenario. Right, it just wasn't your husband in this in this one. Yeah, you see, look at look at me diversifying my murderous portfolio. Exactly. You know, but what is it with these seventies style? We're going hiking or a romantic evening in the woods, and then all of a sudden you're ambushed by crazy people. But here's your character, the special forces uh, Brenner Baker character. All of a sudden, you know, going full Rambo on everybody. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, the way I like to put it is Deliverance and uh, Rambo having a love child named Brenner Baker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like a good you know, time. You know, I throw a little Tomb Raider in there, you know, just kind of mix it all together, blend it, and you have your uh, your daily dysfunctional smoothie. It's right. really, uh, really a delight. Right. I mean, the, the thing is, it's like you don't, you don't want to take your audience for granted, and I, I, I wanted the beginning to entice people as to what genre exactly are we watching? Uh, is this horror? There's these weird, freaky people wearing these bunny masks. Like, what the hell is happening? There's, there's a murder. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're in rom-com land here. You have Matt Passmore, who's just an absolute darling. You have this chemistry, this banter. And then all of a sudden it just goes on a uh, John Wick murder spree. And I'm like, okay, we are we are invested. And I didn't I didn't want the action to stop once once it started. I wanted every and I wanted every every kill to be specific and creative and its own right. And since you're one of the writers on the film, it's only fair that you have to kill off all the husbands. So it makes even more sense. Oh. <laughs> Like even nearly a decade later, my my husband Stephen and I we get along really well. We would never maybe it's because we're always killing each other in uh, in movies. We get out any uh, angst that might be underneath the surface. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's how it works for us. <laughs> wow. you know, like, so what can you do with all that? No, but you're having fun. You know, we got about ninety, roughly ninety, ninety-five minutes with this thing. And it's just going, going uh, balls to the wall, crazy. Right, and, it, and it's uh, it's it's it also touches upon things that that are uh, major issues, which is you know you have human human trafficking, you have drug trafficking, you have um, all these these components to it. So it's not just like ah, oh, you know, here's the whole. Uh, bloodbath for, for 90-ish minutes. It does touch upon some relevant situations, uh, that, that do add levity. Um, 
uh, and, and women in the military is, is also a, a very uh, important thing, I think, to, to shed light upon as well. Um, because, yeah, it is a minority in the military, in the military and it's, uh, even though you aren't as, as big or strong as your opponent, you can use other things like uh, 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 speed, uh, agility, and, you know, hiding in the bushes until <laughs> your, your, your opponent comes across your path. Um, there's different ways to work smarter and not harder when uh, you are uh, seemingly outmatched. Well, that makes sense. And then, you know, women have really stepped up in the military, so it's, it's even more important to be featured that way. Absolutely. And I, I really wanted to do justice to that, um, which is why everything that we did from an action standpoint was me. Uh, I, I did not have a double for this film. It was me doing uh, all, all the action. Because um, when you're in the military, you don't you don't call on your double to do your action. You, your ass better show up. You better do the work, and you'll get some bumps and bruises along the way, but it's, it's your blood, sweat, and tears, literally, um, that get you to the finish line, hopefully. Well, that's um, awesome. And, yeah, it was uh, 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 probably shaved some years off my life, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your marriage, because we're going to tease you about that as well. But <laughs> <laughs> Keep it coming. I told you. I told you. Don't dish it if you can't take it, buddy. Exactly. No, we're just we're just having a good time. Every time I've ever talked to you, we've always had we've always had a few laughs. So, like, you know, we can't sit there and not laugh now. No, it's so important, especially now. Are you kidding me? Right. We the need it. Falling apart. <laughs> we need we need some smiles in this shit show. I think it's very important. Exactly. And what do you do? You go film a movie in the forest. You get your vitamin D. You social distance because there's only 12 of you there, so you're good to go. And the great thing is I don't have to worry about catching anything from my opponents because I kill them all off, so it's great. Right. And you live with one of them on top of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Right. It's wonderful. See, we found the silver lining of a global pandemic in movie making. You know, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's escapism, right? It's It's... You know, we want to escape from, from that reality for an hour or two or what have you. And I, it's, especially with the way things are now, I, I don't know about you, I've streamed everything on my list. I mean, my God, I think we'll spend 45 minutes just figuring out what we want to watch. And just this weekend, we watched Tropic Thunder and Usual Suspects. I, I swear, there's nothing else to watch. I'm like, let's just dig out, let's just start from the beginning. Let's just start from the beginning. I mean, I think I watched, my God, like the whole Harry Potter franchise, the Batman franchise. What else did we watch? It's just so much, so much content that I feel like this is an ideal time to, to release this because, you know, what, what are, I'm not like, what else are you going to watch? It's like, it's, it's really, you know, 90 minutes of, of escapism and, and we worked our asses off for it. Um, such a limited budget and such a, a, a short amount of time. And we really, we really, um, put our, put our hearts into it. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see film, it. Like 18 days? Yeah. Yeah. We were, we had a super tight schedule. Um, uh, a lot of the sets were, were practical. Um, and not having to deal with the double, any doubles certainly helped, uh, time. Cause you don't have to cut around. You don't have to do any of that. I mean, even 
for that massive one we did at the end, I, I had like an hour rehearsal with the guys. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, I mean, we, we literally had a gun to our head from the beginning to end. Like as soon as, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, my husband and I would finish, you know, our 12 to 14 hour day, we'd start setting up the next day. Like, okay, so what do we have now? I'm like, Oh shit, I have some dialogue to learn. Let's, let's, let's do both at the same time. Like, help me run lines while we're going through choreo. And, you know, and he, he, uh, was such a, a, a champ about, um, fulfilling any kind of crazy requests I had, uh, such as I'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning and be like, good. Has anyone, has anyone ever been hung by a garden hose before? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Can you Google it? Cause I think that's what I want to do to the Jesse character. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, and like, you know, again, like waking up in the middle of the night, honey, has anyone ever been stabbed in the jugular with a, with a deer antler? It's like, not, not to my knowledge. Cool. Let's, let's, let's create a fight just like that. And let's like throw a chain in there too. And then he rolls oh. over on the third day that you woke him up at three in the morning and go, next movie you're making is a rom-com animation, so I don't have to worry about this. Uh, actually, the day after we wrapped, I had to fly to Utah to shoot a Christmas movie. <laughs> even I'm not even, I'm not even kidding you. I'm like, do you know who you are hiring for this job? I'm like, do you have the wrong number? <laughs> well, I have, since the shoot was so short and you've done episodic television before, did it feel more like a TV shoot than a movie shoot because it was just going so quickly? Oh, um, yes and no. Um, at least, uh, with television, you have, you have a cast and a crew that's usually dialed in because they've done it, uh, over and over and over and over and it's, it's basically plug and play. Like, uh, uh, NCIS, for example, Everyone has been there for years and years and years. They know it's a well oiled machine. But with film, I swear by the time you wrap, that's when everyone has found their stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even in, even in Spartacus, like we would be in, uh, pre-production for episode four while shooting three, doing post work for two. Got it. So you have, I mean, everyone knows what their responsibilities are, but for a film like this, where there's a lot of local hires that aren't uh, necessarily familiar with how things work and uh, just as efficient as I'm used to working at it can be a, quite a challenge and I didn't have a say in anyone who was initially hired um, actually uh, Stephen and I came on later in the game um, enough to do some rewrites, uh, redo action design um, and a crap ton of post work but uh, we didn't, I mean, we didn't have a, a say in who was hired from a crew standpoint and, uh, a lot of those other aspects. So, um, you know, you just, it was a learning process, uh, as well as we gotta, we gotta shoot this as well. Um, so that's, that's a whole other thing also when you're, when you're on location in this particular film, Dothan, Alabama, um, there aren't as many, uh, resources that you're accustomed to have readily accessible. So that's a whole other challenge, let alone uh, the content itself. Like, there's some dramatic stuff in this. Like, there's some really dramatic stuff in this, let alone the action sequences that normally, you know, like on, on a film, like on Matrix, we would get weeks and weeks and weeks 
And on this, I'm lucky if I get, you know, 45 minutes with my stunt guys to teach them the choreo and then execute it, uh, which is a lot. Yeah, but to pull it off in 18 days, that says a lot about the dedication of the crew and the talent that's involved. Right. Yeah. No, you, that's the thing. And it's, it's trust. It's trust. And, um, you have to be careful of expectations. Um, because like, for example, my husband's used to working on John Wick and Deadpool and like all of those things. And I'm used to the television world where things just go so quickly and as effectively, um, there's moments where things aren't going to go perfect and just things you don't foresee. And, and this is, I'm basically talking from a producer standpoint, because as a performer, you show up and do your job and then go on your trailer. <laughs> but when you have more skin in the game as a, as a, a, a production company and as a writer, you, if you're worth your, your weight and salt, <laughs> um, you want to make sure that the product is at the level that you want it to be. And because of that, um, you put in a lot more energy than uh, you will ever anticipate. Um, but also when you see the final product, you're like, oh, okay. If we can do this under these circumstances, imagine, you know, if we do have a real budget, imagine if we do have uh, resources in our zip code and not literally in a swamp in the middle of nowhere in Alabama. Um, so yeah, that, that adds to the story and gives it a greater yeah. sense of realism. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a character. Like, it, the, your location is, is a character. And I, I feel like uh, movies that, that a lot of movies suffer when they don't, when they take their location for granted. Um, because that's, I mean, that's what you're paying for. That's what you spend all the time location scouting. It's finding things that are going to, to, uh, elevate the material, really immerse you in that. Um, it's not like, you know, you see mama's boys in the bait and tackle shop. Like we didn't really dress that. Like that's what that looked like. Like everything from the barn, uh, the opening sequence of the, the, the crack house. Pretty sure that was really a crack house. <laughs> There's just certain aspects of it. You're like, Oh, okay. This is not, this is not septic. This is a real spider's nest that I'm fighting in right here. Cool. Um, but that adds production value. It really, it really does. Right. It really does. Yeah, and it <laughs> makes it look like a bigger budget film. Absolutely, because I mean, you don't, you know, if you're immersed in this world, then all of a sudden, you know, you see, you know, a Starbucks and shot, you're like, mm, okay, <laughs> we're, we're out of this world. And you right. have to be uh, careful of that. Um, or so, yeah, pick I on Mickey agree. Mouse real quick, where the where the stagehand was uh, caught in one of the scenes on the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. And people don't let it go. Like, as much as you, like, you re-edit and get them out of there. Within Game of Thrones, there was, like, Nerys had, like, a coffee cup and shot or something. Right. It was uh, it was right by his foot. It was, like, a Starbucks cup or a coffee bean or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, things like that. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> you really I think some of them are put in place just so people can gossip about it online and bring eyes to the product. It's smart. What do they say? No PR is, uh, or bad PR is good PR. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like there's enough shit to worry about that you don't have to, you know, set those landmines for yourself. <laughs> like people are, people are always going to find something to complain about. 
Um, I, they, they really are. Right. You know, they, they're always going to find something to point out. They're always going to, especially, you know, with social media where you can hide behind a tweet. Um, there's very few movies that are perfect across the board. Oh. Um, that's, that's why, you know, I'm like, oh man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't set myself up for any of that because it's so much work just to have it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> look good. <laughs> no, that, that actually happened to me recently because I conducted an interview in another language and someone started commenting was like, your accent's terrible. I can't believe, like, why are you even bothering? And I'm like, you do realize that I don't even speak the same dialect that the guy I'm interviewing is. It's just, you know, it's like, you know, we're talking to someone Welsh and English. What's that? Oh my gosh. What, what, what language did you say you were speaking? Oh, it was in Arabic. But like, I speak the Lebanese dialect and the guy was Iraqi. And then so, some Kuwaiti guy jumps in and starts complaining that my accent was, wasn't good enough. I was like, we don't even speak anywhere similar to each other. But because of wow. the crossover, you know, we can understand each other to, to an extent. That like of all the things to complain about, the accent was the wrong one, pal, because I wasn't even speaking in his accent. Wow, yeah. that that same thing actually happened to me on Spartacus because my uh, uh, people, some some Germans were like the 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 German accent is like a little off, and I just told people I'm like, how do you know what German sounded like in uh, seventy seventy one BC, huh? Right. <laughs> like, how, how do you know, huh? Yep. I'm like, how do you know? I just didn't make it up myself, make up my own, my own dialect. There, that actually happened with a professor of mine since you're bringing up German because his wife was Swiss German and uh, he was Italian and people were complaining that his, his German was too soft for a lecture that he gave. And he's like, well, I learned how to speak Swiss German, not Austrian German in, in the regard that they were complaining about. So what are you, what are you even bothering with? But yeah, like you said, yeah, no, it is, it is, it is, it's funny. One of my, one of my sparring buddies, uh, Daniel Bernhardt is Swiss mm -hmm. and we'll, 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 uh, talk smack to each other on the mats in German. And, uh, he does have like that heavy, uh, Swiss accent because he's from Österreich, <laughs> from Austria. And then sometimes I'm like, what did you say? I don't understand what you said. He's like, yeah, you if you're American German. I'm like, whatever, my accent's great. <laughs> hey, yeah. Just remember, you speak mo one more language than the other person does. Well, he's Swiss, so he yeah. speaks seven more languages than everybody else. I was going to say, yeah, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> he speaks like 12. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> but it is what it is. But, you know, you're still having fun with all this. I mean, you know, you're doing television, uh, indie films, you know, micro-budget films blockbusters like Matrix 4 and everything else that that's going on there, that you're constantly working, that it doesn't matter, you know, because it, it shows you're able to adapt to the situation. Yeah, I, and I just think it's smart to just, I think people put themselves in a box drop and saying, oh, I don't do comedy, or oh, I don't do drama, or oh, like, I'm waiting for someone to call me and give me a job. I'm like, get your ass out there on your iPhone and shoot a proof of concept. The go, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many proof of concepts that my husband and I have shot. And it's like, sometimes they get traction, sometimes they don't. Like, start with a, a short, a short proof of concept, then go to a short film, then go to a feature. And, you know, just, you, you may find that, let's say you're, you're hellbent on being an actor and once you do something soup to nuts that you created, you're like, you know what? I really see myself being a cinematographer or I really see myself just being a writer or a director. Um, I just think that now more than ever, 
especially with this, the streaming opportunities, there's there's no right or wrong way to do anything. Right. And people like you, you see like Dave Leach, eighty seven eleven to Deadpool, Fast uh, Fast and the or Hobson Shaw. He he just shot uh, uh, an iPhone commercial on his iPhone. Like you just did Hobson and Shaw, and now you're doing this. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it at all. But the I fact just that he also has a 4K camera in his pocket. Yeah, I, you know what? A lot of people do, and they forget that. They do, and I, like it's, it's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be ideal. It's, you know, you just have to, you have to do it. And you learn the most by screwing up. You really do learn the most by screwing up. Well, I wish they felt like that in school. I know. <laughs> well, that's one of the problems with school. That's yeah. they, it's like, okay, we're going to teach you something that you have to conform to, and then we're going to grade you upon the quote-unquote right answer. <laughs> they don't necessarily teach uh, independent thought or lateral thinking. Right. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe better schools too. I was a product of a public school. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a proud product of a public school. Right. But, um, uh, I just think that, you know, creating, developing, and procuring your own content is the best way to, uh, to do it. Well, and here we are, and you, you know, you were a writer on this one, you starred in this one. I believe you said you produce, you co-produced this one. So there's a lot going on in, uh, in your world. Yeah, you know what? And uh, I, I like to think I'm just getting started. I have a taste for blood. I'm going to keep keep going. <laughs> well, we noticed that one. I, I think your next movie is probably going to be a shark movie where you just go in the water, you know, trying to goat the shark in with your own blood. Yeah, or, or the opposite where it's just going to be like, uh, you know, a sequel to one of the Christmas movies I somehow found myself doing. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep people guessing. I think that's the funnest thing. Just keep, keep people guessing. All right, I'm gonna pitch you a Christmas movie series. A Christmas movie series, but you know it's just seasonal. You'd have to just stream that all throughout December. Well, that's why I'm saying, you know, it's it's a series of films. It's just the twelve days of Christmas, and each one one is based on the song. That's so really. How has this not been done? I don't know. I just came up with it off the cuff. You better, you better trademark that. Yeah. You better <laughs> copyright that. I should. Hallmark sitting there listening to this, going, "Uh huh." Now we know. You what never to know. Do. Those those people have eyes and ears everywhere. Let me tell you. They they really <laughs> do because I had interviewed the executive producer of Ancient Aliens, and I had joked one time with a buddy of mine that the reason why they can't find Bigfoot is because he uses wormholes. And then about a month later, we saw the episode on Bigfoot, and sure enough, one of the theories was that he used wormholes. Do you see what I mean? Well, I'm telling you, people will shamelessly steal your ideas and run with them, which is why you have to create and, and get them get them going before before they do. Well, I'm not accusing Kevin of it. I think it was just a general theory that's been thrown out there before. It was just funny that it happened a month later. That's really funny. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know about that. The aliens are what, what are feeding him the information to keep the series alive for 15 plus seasons. So I will never fault anyone for working that long on one TV show. I mean, it's a pretty good run. I'm not going to lie. It's a really, really good run. Well, you brought up NCIS. NCIS is going into what, season 17? Yeah, season 32. <laughs> yeah. 
I think MASH lasted five times longer than the actual Korean War. So, you know, it's a, it's a good gig if I get it. Yeah, I think you actually might be, you might be right. (laughs) So it's all that stuff that's going on. You know, and you got films coming. I mean, Matrix Four. That's a that's a big thing. I know we can't talk about it too too much, but uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we should be excited at the very least. <laughs> yeah, no, they they're really uh, they're really outdoing themselves with this one. I will tell you that much. Okay, so here here's the big like reveal. You know, I think this is your, you're going to give us a huge spoiler on Matrix 4 on this one. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you think Hallmark is everywhere? Warner Brothers will track me down and gut me. Well, let me get there, <laughs> let me get there first. Right. Keanu Reeves really isn't as nice as he pretends to be. That's, that's our big spoiler, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never has there been a bigger lie in history. I know, that's the problem. He is the most wonderful human being ever. Like, like there's a small part of us that wants him to be just that level of jerky that he was and always be my maybe. You know, I, I wish I could say that is the case, but he is just such an absolute joy. Yeah, you're killing the rumor mill, Ellen. <laughs> like, he's so unbelievably generous that, uh, when we were over there, he, 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 hosted, he rented out an entire movie theater and privately screened Bill and Ted just, just as like a gift to Captain Crew. Like, hey guys, like, let's all get together and go to the movies together. I'm like, you're just the most wonderful person. I, I did tell, I did, I did, uh, I did mention uh, to the director that they did drop the ball in the last Bill and Ted on one thing only. Oh, and what is that? All right, so I'm a huge Kiss fan. All right, and if you remember Bogus Journey, Kiss did the theme song, uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, for the film. It was also Eric Carr's last song before he passed away from cancer. He was the drummer for Kiss at the time. So what I thought would have been the perfect tribute to Eric Carr and a tie back to uh, um, Bogus Journey was that the drummer that they select to be a part of the ultimate band. And if anyone thinks this is a spoiler, you've had five months to watch the movie, so get off my case. Uh, is that it should have been Eric Carr picked to be the drummer in, in the ultimate band. Uh, did you put that in the official complaint box? Yes, I did. That, that went in my official review that no one's going to care what I think anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to go somewhere, right? Right, yeah. That's my only complaint. But other than that, I enjoyed Bill and Ted 3 immensely. I had, it, it was really cute. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget watching it over there and him getting up on a little stage and being like, hey guys, this is, this is Bill and Ted. I think you're going to really like it. We're like, stop being so wonderful. <laughs> well, I did say it was the greatest sequel ever made and no one could ever dispute that because in the opening scene, if you blink and miss it, uh, where the, the time warp is jumping everybody through, the fact that he switched Jesus and Kanye with each other uh, in the film. Oh, that's really funny. I didn't I don't remember that part. That's really funny. It was a blink-if-you-miss-it moment at the very beginning of the movie. And uh, at one point, Kanye West had said that if the Bible was written today, he'd be in it. 
So, so for that time, uh, so they gave him a little, that's really funny. Yeah. So I was like, that made it the greatest sequel ever. And it can't be disputed in my eyes. <laughs> Wise words have never been, wiser words have never been spoken. Well, I appreciate the compliment, but you know, don't, don't sell me too high. <laughs> Yourself. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, well, all right, to hell with it. Let's, let's go for it. Uh, yes, I am the smartest man currently on the phone. <laughs> That's true, currently on the phone. This is true. Sure, sure words have never been spoken. <laughs> with everything going on in your me and you got Army of One coming out, um, you know, tell me like what other reactions that you've had when the local cast and crew got to see the movie all together. Well, I, I, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to watch with anybody. Ah, just your husband? Just my husband and my siblings. And what was the siblings' reaction? Because at some point, they still have to give you grief as if you guys were still seven years old. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're so accustomed to, to me doing all this crazy stuff that it doesn't even, sometimes I have to remind them to, to watch stuff. Oh, yeah, hold on. Give me one quick second. Sure. Say hi, hubby. Hi. <laughs> I don't think so. Tell, tell Stephen I'm on his side, and I'm tired of him getting killed. <laughs> They're apparently on your side. I'm not. No, I'm not going to tell him the rest of the bit because then he'll be like, "Fine." You can't. You, you can't initiate independent thought here. What do you think marriage is all about? This is why I'm happily single. <laughs> but who makes their sandwiches during the day? I do. I know how to. I know oh. how to use a toaster and a butter knife. Oh, oh well. You know, can you can you teach my husband how to do that? What's that? Well, I mean, if he wants to get to that level of gourmet status, I mean, I guess. You know, I, takes, I spent three years in a French cooking school to get there, but you know. Oh my god! I've never I've never even seen him. So this is why he dies in the movies. I got it now. <laughs> oh, there you are. You just uh, trans, trans, uh, transferred to blue. Uh, I, I, I said, so this is why we get to see him die in the movies, because he's not making his own sandwiches. Uh, you know, I swear he would starve if I wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're like a size four anyway. So, like, how are you not starving? I'm very, I'm very Midwest. I'm, I'm a fear. I'm not here. You know, I've, I've burned so many calories a day with, with freaking judo and jujitsu and running. I'm like a border collie. If I don't go a thousand miles an hour, I'm going to chew the furniture. <laughs> you know, I, th I think that's one of the best ways to actually end this interview because I don't think we could top that. But, uh, nope. Ellen, tell me about, you know, Army of One. Where can we find it? All the good stuff. And then where can we find you on social media? So you can find Army of One coming to a home theater near you, December 15th, on streaming and DVD via Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Bandango, On Demand. And you can also track me down on social media, Instagram, at Ellen Holman, Twitter, at Ellen Holman, Facebook, Ellen Holman Official. Come say hi. Let me know what you think. Um, as long as it's only amazing, wonderful things. 
No, I'm just kidding. I can take criticism, I swear. But yeah, those are all the resources to check out our action drama film, Army of One. Ellen Holman, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Let's not make it as long next time, and we'll figure things out from there. I'll just have to keep making cool stuff so that we can keep chatting, you know? You've been making a ton of cool stuff. You'll have to come back when Matrix 4 is ready before Warner Brothers says anything to me. I'm I'm cool with Warner Brothers. I I love those guys, and I can't wait for the Snyder Cut of Justice League because that's going to be like 19 hours worth of footage, and I'm that much of a fan, Mark. Yeah, right around the corner. It's right around the corner. Perfect. Ellen, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye.